Welcome, welcome, welcome. Radio Peligrosa, number four, I believe. Uh, Excited to be here. We got a very special guest, uh, Jaime, a.k.a. Pagame from the Peligrosa crew. Been a long time coming, Jaime. Long time coming. I'm already upset at this. (laughs) I literally am already mad. Um, Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us your your background. Uh, I'm... 510 on a good day. Um, <clears throat> my name is Jaime Carlos Mayo, aka Pagame. Um, born in San Antonio, grew up in the DFW for the most part. Um, my background, uh, I'm Mexican American. My parents are from the States. My mother's side is from Chihuahua, and my dad's side is from like Aguascalientes area, I believe most of it. And uh, yeah. Um, All over the place. Yeah. Um, so tell tell me what kind of got you uh, started in music and, and what did that look like? Um, like? What was your first exposure to something you would say influenced you to want to DJ? For me, DJing, it was... <clears throat> It was kind of pushed on, not pushed on me. It was uh, my brother suggesting that I start DJing. I was collecting a lot of records, um, mostly from my family, mm-hmm. just stealing their albums. Absolutely. My brother, my brother, my sister, my mother, father, uh, and just gathering their records and then kind of playing with them. Mm-hmm. And then my brother at one point suggested in my early teens, like, you should just get a set of turn to and i was into like hip-hop was starting to take over a lot mm-hmm. of my life yeah that he was suggested like maybe you should get some turntables and start yeah. djing and so without any kind of other friends around to do that which i guess in a, it is a solitary act absolutely so it was just like yeah why not and then i think what i got was it was one of the old metal Gemini like XL series mm-hmm. or maybe not even, it was just like the two channel, like literally the crossfader you needed Atlas strength from <laughs> to move from left to right. And like, same goes for the fucking volume faders. And then, uh, but I had okay turntable. Well, I mean like I had good start out turntables. I got, uh, I bought them as singles and just got two of the same. It was the, what was it? The, Bell drive ones? No, no, no. They were they were direct drive. Uh, I want to say they were Gemini's as well, or not. I can't remember, but it was it was like the the twenty five hundreds or the twenty eight hundreds. Like the, I want to say it was those. Like the yeah. series that was just like Gemini was like, yeah, we're gonna totally we got like, tables too. Yeah, we're <laughs> totally in the game. Yeah, we're just as good as techniques. I'm I'm curious going back on your procuring some of your early collection from your family. What it was that your mom and dad and your brother, uh, shout, so, out, shout out Moses. <clears throat> oh, shout out Momo, <laughs> Mosey, Mosey Rosie. Uh, yeah, so brother was mostly like Yan- uh, Yanni and uh, what? Yanni, 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 Yanni so DeFranco. Much. Oddly <laughs> enough, you would not know, like, metalheads love Yanni. No, it was like <laughs> punk and metal. Like, um, uh, I remember. It was like Sabbath or like Jimi Hendrix or... Mm-hmm. Uh, so like classic rock. 
sort of. Cl- and classic then, rock, uh, and then met, on the other like band stuff from America in the sixties yeah. and seventies. Yeah, okay. but I mean, there was like you know, in that same vein, it was like Sepultura or like uh, yeah, fucking. What was the other one? My brother always tells a story about it, but it was a uh, speak English or die. It's a, uh, it's one of the, it's a basis from Anthrax. What the fuck is the name of that album or the name of the band? It's a, uh, we'll look it up later. Yeah. I can't remember, but no, it was super good. Anyway. Yeah. It was like punk and metal. And then my sister was like Madonna and fucking Whitney Houston and uh-huh. you know, classic eighties yeah. pop and nineties pop. Yeah. Was there some new Jack swing in there? Oh, I'm, Almost guaranteed. <laughs> well, yeah. And then it was, yeah, a lot of like, you know, 80s teen girl because we're four years apart. My brother and I are nine years apart. And then so she was that side of more of the pop side of things. And then my mother and father it was like, my father had a lot of records that was Little Joy Familia very, and like um, Edie Gourmet, which was one of my favorites. And then... Uh, like ranchero mm-hmm. and then like country. Yeah. And then Some my con- mother in there too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like tons. Yeah. He was very, my dad is v- <laughs> in a weird way. He's, he's interior, but very border Mexicano and in, in his ear. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he used to play in bands, uh, back in the day, he was a drummer and he would play like Beatles songs, but they would yeah. cover them in Spanish. Nice. Or like, you know, yeah, I mean, that absolutely. was a common, that was yeah, a common absolutely. thing. Here I mean, I, ha- I have yeah. records that are like the Beatles, but in like conjunto style. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, saying? Mexicanos were like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. these are really good, but mm-hmm. mm, there's something about the language yeah. barrier. So, <laughs> so yeah, he, he had a lot of that and like country and, uh, I mean, that's kind of his steez. Mm-hmm. And then my mother was like the doors, the Beatles oh, wow. and like, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. was, she was yeah. total hippie. My mother in that in her ear kind of is. But yeah, she uh, she was very much that vein. So it was like it was a good um, stepping or like jumping off point for me musically to go into DJing because it was just like, cool, you can play all these if you want to. When you started, were you already were you kind of like, all right, let me take this um, little Joey La Familia throw some like Madonna drums on it and then like a hip hop thing not, at that point? Or was not it more very like- much. Mostly it was as you were, as, as I were, as a number of fucking people were, they were all raised, like at least in our crew, were raised by hip hop. Right. Like first and foremost, mm-hmm. it was like, that's how I learned mm-hmm. to DJ was like, cool. I'm going to DJ. For me, know, for me, actually, uh, was introduction it, was to it the, the same thing? Uh, uh, or, uh, I mean the on the American side of music, it was like drum and bass, and then drum and bass had a lot of MCs, and I started I gravitated toward that style of drum and bass, and it turns out I just really wanted hip hop. Yeah, but I still embrace the uh, DMBs. <laughs> I won't Where get into that. We were, we were already having a conversation <laughs> about that. That it is difficult for me to still even grasp drum and bass. Like it's only in fleeting moments that I can. Actually well, I mean. It. Have you ever tried to flip the Linz Collins break? No. That like a lot of the I know the what stuff, you're Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I mean the Amen break and yeah. <clears throat> and other like pivotal things. It was first done by like sort of grime or mm-hmm. like drum and bass. And it's like it it does have its place in the world and it's amazing. And I mean, even still for like a lot of those guys pioneered what other dudes that were doing, like B more, right. they were using the same breaks, yeah. at least to my knowledge. Yeah, yeah. 
And oh, they'd take like, they would uh, combine the snares from the samples, but use like yeah. deeper kicks and stuff like and, that. And it was kind of the same thing. Like it was, yeah, a lot of uh, Aphex Twin, Square Pusher, and like a lot of the electronic side, mm-hmm. like in the early, early and mid 90s. That was the shit that I was into, yet I could not huh. wrap my head around drum and bass. I think it was just like, it was way more aggressive. Yeah. Like I, electronic I, was just like a, a more subtle undertone of using that rhythm mm-hmm. and it was sporadic right. but it was like there was a lot of like really i don't know flourished or like uh i don't know like open chords or something that right, was right, like right. it was easier to I, digest I, I mean i i ended up leaning on the drum and bass uh tour more towards uh the producers that were using percussive sounds but as melodies like my problem yeah, yeah. i think with a lot of it is just like just drums you know what i'm saying which is cool for a little bit but you know, like once it a gets seven hour rave of drum and bass you you know i mean you, you get need worn. drugs for that you, yeah <laughs> you literally do like i i <clears throat> what was it i kind of used to think that same thing about house and i think mm-hmm. that it was that i was like ah oh, man this is some whatever and yeah. i i always saw it as sort of a, a divide like a line in the sand like hip-hop and house which i was dumb to think so because they do yeah. They really do meld. Absolutely. Like, but when I was younger, I just thought it was like, oh, that's house music. It was right. like, how can you listen to the same shit over and over again for hours? <laughs> and then I remember the first time, and I can't even remember who it was, but I went to go see a DJ who was doing nothing but house. And I was like, oh my God, like no drug. Like, yeah. I mean, I had some drink or whatever, right. but I didn't get like loaded. Right. And it was one of the first times that I remember realizing like, oh my God, there mm-hmm. is a time and place for this. And it is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can I ask you a question? Uh, was that the question? No. no go ahead. Yeah, don't be that. <laughs> um, as far as like drum and bass, how how mm-hmm. like who got you into that? Because I, I, that wasn't your family, was it? No, absolutely not. I mean, yeah, I was about- pa- part of me lists like seeking out drum and bass and hip hop and dance hall. Because you were in Austin the entire time, correct? I I moved to I Texas mean, in '99. Like I mean, whenever what, you're yeah, when I'm growing like, into like what I want to identify or yeah, like what, yeah. what music's identifying me because you kind of like as an adolescent you want to rebel in some sort of way that's why you're younger you hate the parent the music your parents listen to and then you get older and you're like oh wait oh they, they were onto something <laughs> so yeah th- um i would say like i'm similar as you i had access to my dad's cumbia records my mom's sadsa records but then i'd go over to the homie jubal's house trey deuce shout out shout out jubal's (laughs) shout out jubes and he had techniques he had a huge record collection no man he'd been in the game for years still actually has one of the better record collections i have in austin and like rarely plays out if at all but one, one of the better djs in my opinion in the city um, so Jubal's so, was like so Jubal's the had first the, introduction. Yeah, exactly. To actually seeing the turntables. And then at that point... How old were you at that point? That was probably like, I want to say 1920, around there. You um, were born in the 1920s? I was born in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. But I moved to Austin in the late 90s. Oh, 1920. Yeah, what I say? You said 1920s. Oh, uh it was like you grew, you started DJing during the Dust Bowl. That's fucking dope, dude. I didn't know that about you. You know, wait. Yeah, yeah. All of, all of my previous recordings were, were done in a can. Is this a Doctor Who or like a Quantum Leap episode? I don't. I'm a little afraid. I do appreciate the Quantum Leap reference. I know you. You the do Doctor love that Who. show, don't you? I do love that show. 
That's I'm not gonna lie. It's one of the, I mean, it was either that or watch Mash. And like, those, those are the I'm options. Sorry, my but I'm gonna lean me. towards Mash a little bit. <laughs> you go or to Hogan's hell. Heroes. <laughs> so w- when anyway, you, when you had your <laughs> new turntables, um, did you ever DJ out on those Gemini's? Or was yeah, it, was it house some, parties. House, house parties. parties, yeah. Uh, the moment, because I had friends that were <clears throat> mostly like, so we would skate, and those were my buddies, and mm-hmm. we all listened to hip-hop, and that was, you know, metal and punk and shit. But, mm-hmm. uh, like, that was the one thing we, that we all had in common was we were all, like, pretty much hip-hop heads. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I mean, most go- of them were doing graffiti mm-hmm. or uh, b-boys, some MCs and I and another dude, Jaime, were like separately from each other, not knowing, unbeknownst to each other, uh, we were DJing. I grew up with like oh, seven other Jaimes. <laughs> like, it's funny that people are like, oh, that's such an interesting name. Like, really? Because I grew up with so many of yeah. them. Um, but uh, we were like the only two dudes that were doing that. So it's like, cool, you're young, you want to party. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, you DJ. And I, I remember that was, that was, it was possibly the most uncomfortable time I've ever had DJing was that like the first two house parties that I ever did it yeah. at. And Jaime came with me and we both like played on my shit mm-hmm. and we were both equally uncomfortable. Cause it was like, I mean, as said, it, it's a solitary act. Yeah. It's something that you, you enjoy doing by yourself. And yeah. if you fuck up, mm-hmm. you can just be like, oh, I'll get it next time yeah. or whatever. You might even restart or, you know, you'll plan out sets. Like I remember doing that younger yeah. was like planning out an entire hour long set. Like I'm going to play this and I'm going to play that. Nice. And then I quickly realized that I can't do that or yeah. I will fuck up every <laughs> transition and like freak out and I'll freak out. Like it'll yeah, make, yeah, it'll yeah. scare me. Like it's still to this day. I do that. Yeah. Like if I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to play this one next to that one. Not. And if it's not within the, like, minute to 30 second end time of a track or if i don't if i don't think of it on the fly like if i if i premeditate yeah. it it's over <laughs> i am i'm just gonna be like oh, God, and just like ruin it horses um, galloping yeah <laughs> like oh jesus but so we were we would do those house parties this <clears throat> this is in austin no this was in uh DFW. like fort worth yeah yeah, okay. yeah yeah this was no we didn't really do a lot of shit in dallas um what was the one I um I want to say that we played at Trees one time and I can't remember what for, but no, uh, I think I, one of the like first times that I DJed at a show mm-hmm. was my brother put me on. Uh, shout out to my brother for really kind of pushing me at every every fucking moment of me DJing. He was kind Go of a Mo-Mo. driving force. Go Momo. Yeah. He was a great big brother for that. But uh, he he put me on for Sabazlo, which mm-hmm. is an Austin-based like, yeah. live dub band. If anyone doesn't know, you should go back and listen to it. It's yeah. fucking amazing. So, sub Oslo? Sub Oslo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, all Austin brewed. Well, Denton and Austin brewed uh, dub band. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Texas dub. Uh, but he put me on on one of their shows, and I did the thing that I just said that I hated doing <laughs> and I premeditated a set and I shit the bed and I freaked out for probably a month and I hated myself so much for that. But, um, yeah, it was, it was mostly like after that, it was kind of just house parties and random shit. Mm-hmm. And then one of the first like constant gigs was actually Creekside, like oh, wow. the day before you. 
For those who don't know, Creekside started in what, 2000? I don't know what year it was. I think it was around... I just remember drinking and No, I want to say 2005. Was it 2005? Something like that. I'm really bad with time. 14 years? What the fuck? Yeah, and like... We ran, we ran the course from when they opened to when they closed yeah. Yeah. Uh, with weeklies. But at that point, when Creekside started, were you already doing Ableton sets, or did you did you transition back? I went no, because I want I want to <clears throat> talk about your Ableton yeah, sets. Because yeah. um, no, I wasn't at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it something you're like? I'm tired of bringing these tables out i'm just gonna do ableton set no what i did is i was going to school and <clears throat> i i was like oh i'm gonna you know i was doing a lot of production at that time was just like oh, i really want to produce music i want to produce music mm-hmm. and i spent the money on ableton instead of pirating it like a mm-hmm. dummy which i don't do anymore maybe i don't know um <laughs> and uh and i bought ableton for like you know, the 705 or 700 for the student one. Yeah. And I was like, awesome. I got this. I mm-hmm. got that. And then literally a fucking week later, Serato came out. <laughs> or at least to the point that I was like, because I thought about it. Oh, this, like, is, this is the year 2005 for sure. Because I know I still have the receipt for when Serato came out. Was it that year? <laughs> yeah. It was that yeah. Year. So, so yeah, when I was actually borrowing uh, Philip Rome. Wow. Ill Phil's, Ill Phil. uh, he had a shitty Serato box that he bought like third, eighth hand or mm-hmm. something. And so I would borrow it from him. And the, the trade-off was, is that he was like, well, I got to do a set. And then <laughs> it was just like, you're basically blackmailing me to mm-hmm. DJ on the set. And shout, so, out, shout out Phil. He's got that food truck over there at Skylark now. Oh yeah. If you're in Austin, go check Skylark out. And he's check actually out. not in the trailer. He's in the kitchen at Skylark. Oh, where? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it's very good. Little did I know. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, so yeah, I didn't have the money for Serato. Mm -hmm. I didn't have an extra, I think it was 500 bucks back then. Yeah. And I didn't have money for it. I still was doing, I was basically what I was doing was like, um, half vinyl sets. Cause I was still getting, I still had a shit ton of vinyl. Mm -hmm. I still had a lot of, I was still buying vinyl, uh, like in, I mean, you you showed up today with records, so you're still buying vinyl. Yeah, it's very true. (laughs) Um, but uh so i was just basically doing half sets of each or just right. back and forth intermittent between uh because i was using ableton i yeah. was learning it and i was like oh shit you can actually dj with this yeah. and so it started as kind of just almost like you would uh, a sampler like an sp303 or yeah. like the 555 or mm-hmm. whatever like but it didn't have a but ableton it was just like a an infinity bank. Right. I could just put whatever right. on there, at least for the, the laptop that I had did have a mm-hmm. storage, but full to the brim and Ableton and the laptop I was using could only handle so much. Right. And, uh, RIP that white MacBook. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I, how many times did you killed it <laughs> once? Then you tossed it to me. Is <laughs> that like that? Was? I mean, I don't even know if we were friends. No, I had one and then yeah. I killed mine. And then you gave me one later yeah. after the incident yeah. at, beauty bar yeah where i went home and apparently i presume i was roofied and then someone <laughs> stole the backpack off of my back under 35 That's what, a, what a wonderful <laughs> life we lead <laughs> um so i got uh so yeah i was doing ableton sets <clears throat> and it started off really small yeah 
kind of mixing mixing half and half getting comfortable with the yeah layout just and kind of like and basically like just i was using it for literally like this is going to play that song and that's it right. and then the more i started producing the more i started just layering drums on top yeah. and then i started that's whenever i started digging through like all of the records that i had just mm -hmm. because i was like oh you know why not yeah. like let's it's it made it easier for me yeah to sort of like to time crunch things that I could normally like never get on top of mm -hmm. like the little joy familia right. and stuff like that. And just like more of the vinyl that I had laying around that I wasn't doing anything mm -hmm. with. So then it was just like, I started to pepper that into sets and then I went and saw you or, I mean, I was always watching, like, I don't even think we weren't. Me and Arnold you, started on Wednesdays at Creekside. Yeah. It was like when we first started. Yeah. Like that was my really first time DJing out in public. Was it? I mean, other than house parties. Yeah, but, yeah, but no. That doesn't count. That's super yeah. crazy. That was both of yeah, ours. Yeah, That's absolutely. That's so weird. The weird christening of two shitty DJs. <laughs> um, but, and shout out, rest in peace, Arnold. Yeah. Uh, Arnold was actually a very good mutual friend of ours, but mm -hmm. we didn't, Orion and I didn't know yeah. or I don't know if yeah, we I'd, liked each other very much uh, in the beginning, or we didn't probably, really just know each probably other. Probably not. Like I didn't. I don't like anybody when I first meet him. So no. I think you're the same way. In I a lot do of have ways. a story about you, but I'm not going to tell it here. That's perf about perfect. how I Thank knew you. who you were. Oh, sick. but I didn't it, meet you. It was at a. It was actually at my sister's thirtieth birthday that she was DJing, oh. or that I was DJing, and it was her thirtieth birthday, and it was at our house at 14th and Chicon. 14th. That sounds like a place i would have been at <laughs> you were there but not for the reason you think um anyway sorry don't mean to tease everyone i'm gonna tell them about it tell them about that one later um <clears throat> so yeah so i started working in uh just random joints but then i remember yeah. seeing you and arnold and i yeah. knew each other and he mm -hmm. was like you need to get together with audion mm -hmm. and you know you need to check out his sets and i'd already been watching you and then i started watch listening to you and it was just like oh shit he's using and you were using like way more colombiano which yeah. is like way more rhythmic whereas right. i was using sections of conjunto and ranchero shit that right. it was like it's good in snippets right. and it's like three four so a lot of rock drums in that as opposed yeah. to like <clears throat> Jamador, Alegre, uh, yeah. Tambora vibes, stuff like that. So, so yeah, it was it was way more rhythmic, and I was and I was really enjoying what you were doing with it, and I was like, all right. So I started to delve in a little bit more outside of what I knew as sort of quote unquote Latino music, mm -hmm. because more often than not, like the younger generation that I grew up with, if they were into Latino music or what they thought, it was basically Selena, Cumbia Kings, Juarez, and fucking Luis Miguel. Yeah. And it was, that was it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I mean, you got to throw some like pit bull in there. Mm, no, I don't No, We don't have to, we don't have to fucking pay tribute to a man that, although that video where they, where he knocks out the dude on stage, that is my that. shit. I, I, have I, you seen I, that? I, I may have seen it. I'm, oh, I'm more interested in, in his, uh, philanthropy than any of his music. Do you know, he's out with Tony Robbins. No. He goes out with Tony Robbins doing shit. Interesting. Yes. So he's a scam artist now, and that's dope. He's going to start his Pitbull Fire Festival. For real. It's dope. <laughs> um, but yeah, the more I started working in Ableton, the more <clears throat> it was just like changing, putting rhythms on top of uh, just whatever the hell I wanted. Right. And then it started to dive more into um, taking like, yeah, like Steely Dan tracks and looping small segments of it and then throwing baile funk drums or, yeah. 
you know, cumbia rhythms on the backbeat and mm -hmm. same like Madonna. It was like, Oh, you, and it made it easier for me to have people digest whenever it wasn't in English, mm -hmm. because all I had to do was put the rhythm on top of a popular song that they like. Mm -hmm. You put that shit on top of anything Michael Jackson made. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, Oh yeah, I kind of know it, but this is weird and different, but I don't care because oh. it's Michael Jackson. It's introduction, you know? <clears throat> yeah. It's basic. Yeah. It's the lead up. Right. It's just to like grease the wheels and then you could finally like dive in. Right. And then <clears throat> at some point it was like, fuck all this noise. I'm doing everything from Ableton. And I think around that time, who was it that was coming out and doing that shit and saying he wasn't a DJ night ripper, uh, girl talk. <laughs> oh yeah. Girl yeah, talk yeah. was yeah. like super popular yeah. and it was just like, okay, it wasn't and much of the reason that I went back to turntables and like had money for Serato and got into that mm -hmm. was doing Ableton sets. Wasn't, I mean, Sonically, it was very intriguing. It was super fast. Mm. It was ADD as shit. Yeah. But at that time, that's what people were into. Right. But the thing was, is it was not aesthetically pleasing at all. Right. It looks like I'm checking my email. And that's why I was just like, <laughs> uh, and people would come up and ask me all the time, like, are you DJing right now? Mm -hmm. And I would get really fucking upset. <laughs> I'd be like, motherfucker, you have no idea the legwork that I had to put in for this. Like hours that There's were so spent There's so much analyzing it. and yeah, uh, just adding like, word markers. And random shit and just kind of like color coding everything because it's like, oh, this rhythm won't work in this or it's in a different key. So don't do right. these colors together. Right. Like a lot of people saw it and they would be like, this is a bunch of gibberish blocks on yeah. an Ableton format. I and mean, that thing, that uh, Ableton project, it was like you would scroll at least four pages down yeah and it was what like eight or 16 10 tracks or something left to right um it was it was about 14 maybe 15 left to right mm -hmm. and then downwards Columns. it was somewhere in the yeah er, sorry thank you 14 four I, I forgot about excel um <laughs> don't forget about <clears throat> your macros yeah i know um so yeah it was about 14 or 15 columns and then it got all the way south to about maybe 198, 200. Yeah. I think that, that, that number insane. stands out. Let, let me ask you something, kind of rewinding on your Ableton experience. Were you, when you first got into Ableton, were you already into the synthesis and the, and the kind of soundscaping stuff that you're, uh, you're really yes. good at now? It, yes, I was. Not in any kind of formal training or even having a synthesizer, mm -hmm. but um, so... Yeah, rewind a couple of portions back before I even started DJing. My brother gave me a tower, a Mac Mac tower, mm -hmm. like one of the old Apple II. Like no, <laughs> like think two of those, and that's the hard drive. Oh, yeah. He just pointed at a like a G four tower esque, and it was like the old old fucking tower. Before and it was the like G the hard grader. drive was about a tire, like a small tire. Damn. And then, about and, then the pro, and then the tower was just yeah, I know no shit. <laughs> oh, those computers from the 1920s. Um, and then the tower was separate. So the hard drive yeah. was just alone on its own on its by itself and it was crazy. So I got that from John Knuckles uh, or he got it from John Knuckles from Sabazlo and they Moses had it then Moses was like, I don't need this, this is dinosaur shit. Mm -hmm. So he tossed it to me and I cut up uh, I still remember this and I think I have sound bites of it somewhere and I want to find it and really use it. It's, mm -hmm. uh, I was using reason, the original, not reason like one five or 0.5. It was reason Damn. like when it first came out mm -hmm. and it was on that thing and it barely ran and I chopped up, uh, 
the intro to Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> the really like operatic, uh, like just uh you're opening scene. Ninja Turtles? What? Oh no. Oh, Ghost sorry. in the Shell. Yeah, Ghost you in know the, the anime Ghost no. in the Shell? No, you don't. don't you don't know. care. I don't know that one. Shut up. I didn't grow up in the States. I don't there's a lot of uh, references to cartoon like the cartoons we got were Thundercats. No, I'm not t- this is not it okay. Ghost in the Shell Rewind. is not yes. daytime cartoons. That's it's gory. Very, it's like it's Akira. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So think Akira, but just as dope. Yeah. Just different setting. I saw that Titans one. How was it? Pretty damn good. Is that the Robert Rodriguez one? No. The live adaptation one? No. Okay, then I don't know what we're talking about. So we're even. <laughs> I wish... Jesus Christ. Okay, um, synthesis. Anyway, so that's where I learned that. It was on an NNXT on Reason. That's crazy. And that was like... <clears throat> like if you Actually, that's a pretty formidable like, so, sort I mean, of doll. And then yeah. that's kind of where I got the grasp of what it was or is, how it worked. Is that mostly subtractive synthesis? Um... God, I can't even remember. Or were you basically starting with the wavetable? You start with a wavetable and then move on. With and then like yeah. to basically Which take stuff away. Which you could also use or... it almost as uh, like Sampler or Simpler was using with yeah. Ableton. Like mm-hmm. you can use it and then creating your own, uh, like chopping up and stretching your own sample yeah. within it. Mm-hmm. So there were different uses. It was a really like multifunctional like DAW synth. Yeah. And I use that quite a bit. And then they have like a multi-granular synth and uh, some other stuff. And then it was, that was one of the first times that I was like, Ooh, step sequences are fucking dope, which yeah. I still think. I, but it was the, it was the mock like 808 mm-hmm. that you would use in the redrum. And, um, and that's kind of where I started down that path. And then it was just like messing with synths from then just like friends who had them. And then, and, Started taking classes for them mm-hmm. in uh, ACC when I first moved here. Nice. And um, and then that was, yeah, that started that one. And then it was mostly like book learning. Yeah. Like just me sitting around reading manuals and stuff. Hold on, Odeon has to shut off his phone. <laughs> How did that even come on? What, How your phone? Technology? Scam Likely is calling. Who? Scam Likely. Who the hell is Scam Likely? It's uh. My phone company will tell you when a scammer is calling you. Oh, and that's damn, it. I wish I did mm-hmm. get in on that. Get in um, on that. But yeah, that's what started that. And then whenever I was going to school, there was a teacher there that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed uh, named Francis Prev. Mm-hmm. And he's got a number of Billboard yeah. hits on the house scene nice. and like house remix scene. He was <clears throat> a very flamboyant gay man, but he was the most aggressive person I've ever met <laughs> in my life. And not... It was just like he was overly confident, but in such a way that he could back it up. Yeah. That he was, I remember he had a thing where certain days you would go in and he would ask you to name a song or a synth from a song Mm -hmm. and he would recreate it in front of you using Ableton or whatever you wanted. He would like, he literally used Cakewalk and was making like jam ass shit yeah. like within literally within like you know moments time and i was like how do you do that right. he, but he was all he was synthesis nerd he was yeah. like he grew up in the time where he was just working on a synth and then just kind of right. bottom up and he taught me like one of the better things that i learned from him was 
the best way to learn is recreating what you've heard in songs right. and you, if you really enjoy it mm -hmm. or you just really want to know how like, Oh man, how did they get that sound? And it's like, you could read about it and you could figure out the synth that he's got and then recreate it using said synth, or right. you can just try and get as close as you can using what you have. Yeah. And it would make you, it'll uh, basically give you a wealth of knowledge, yeah. like just figuring it out that way. It's um, like a really good troubleshooting exercise. I, I I have an affinity for uh certain sounds both in like the subtractive synth world and the FM synth uh world. Do you have a particular like go to starting point as far as when you're like generating not necessarily generating like a kick drum or a snare drum or any percussive elements, but more like I guess pads. Pads um, are sort of lead pads synths. are leads, yeah. Do you have any do you have like I, a favorite combination of oscillators, certain amount of oscillators that you like? <laughs> or is it just like whatever? It's kind of whatever's there, but more often than not, I will make synths that are basically what I've heard in Boards of Canada songs. <laughs> like, I mean, they're just like droney pads yeah. that make you feel nice. Nice. And then like that are very... Uh, it's either that or my girlfriend Ashley has told me numerous times that uh everything that i make is very sad oh it's like yeah, everything yeah, yeah. is in sevenths or yeah. it's it's very dissonant tones like uh, that is one of my favorite things it's I, I find it i think mexicanos in general are very cathartic hence oh, absolutely. why morrissey is so popular <laughs> shout out to fuck you morrissey for being a dick uh you ruined me like i loved your fucking shit and then you had to turn out to be a fucking asshole oh sorry um get it out uh so yeah a lot of i like a lot of really sad or like right. sort of um somber minor dissonant dissonant like things that evoke sort of a cringe right. like a, ooh, that's creepy as shit yeah. i like that um but not necessarily like, in an abrasive how, way or yes uh, being abrasive and or just like any way uh, yeah be evoking yeah. something like almost right away like yeah. the moment you hear it you're like ooh. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. Or or it's it's just like anything that's not feel good from the moment from the get-go. Mm -hmm. It's either one or the other. Yeah. I like either to where it's very soft and light yeah. or very much like jarring, but not in a decibel or like right. aggressive sort of like EDM like, right. rah, rah, like If you ain't redlining, you ain't headlining. I <laughs> not in that way. Can, in the okay, in so, the boards of Canada way. So, <laughs> I want to tell you Hey Louie, <laughs> I want I want to post this up with the podcast, and I hope I can find it. All right, I know I have it on my phone, and I'm gonna hopefully ask Odion to put it up there. I sent it to him. It's a picture, and Louis had an issue with the sound engineer during South by, and it was amazing <laughs> or whatever, and all that shit got squashed. But at the end of the evening, it was like I will never. He posted something on Facebook that said, "I will never." What was it? I will never understand sound engineers or something that to that caliber. Like I will never understand sound engineers or get along with sound engineers or something about understanding. Yeah. And then my comment underneath was or gain structure. <laughs> and then the post was immediately removed. <laughs> and I want other people to know this and I love it. And if Odeon cuts this out, it doesn't matter. It makes me feel good. I will good. not cut it out. Everything yes. goes. Uh, okay, good. Boss, but yeah, no, rules. as far as like a, a, a jumping off point, no, Mostly, actually, I take that back. I'll always start with uh, 
sign and get the low end. Like yeah. if I usually, if I'm going to get something, if it's going to be low end heavy mm -hmm. or at least have some sort of yeah. feeling, yeah. I'll start with that and basically like either rupture my eardrums or rattle my rib cage, yeah. depending on what I'm, if I'm working on headphones or sound system, mm -hmm. because I have a really big problem with, uh, registering like sub frequencies hmm. like i know that it's a problem that i have so i have to attack that first speaking of gain structure uh, right <laughs> well no it's just that i it's like going from headphones to and i know a lot of producers or just anybody that even dabbles in this shit it's like you'll go you know you go from your uh, studio to your headphones to your car mm -hmm. to a club and then the moment you get to a club you're either like that's not enough or it's too much right mine is always i have way too much <laughs> like i have oh i always think that i should be like breaking car windows yeah or like rattling the bar of the, the venue like to death do you think that's from mixing in headphones or just because you you like, I think it's uh, I just don't register. It. Yeah. Like I think that it's like, ooh, this is bumping, mm -hmm. and then I'll listen to it, uh, and then I'll literally gradually go from like everything, and then but once I hit an actual like good sound rig, I'm just like, this is way too much. <laughs> like every, it's just it it it's you it can't hear anything everything. else. <laughs> yeah, it literally is. It's like, is this just one big bass rig like sub frequency? Like, uh, thank you yes, for coming out to is. my sine wave set. It's super dope. Play You'll love it. The brown note the entire time. Yeah. I'd say that one of the other ones was uh, not a jumping off point, but just talking about synthesis. I learned a lot. I have a MIDI NES, which mm -hmm. is an NES cartridge with yeah. a MIDI out. And uh, I just, I love uh, anything that's sort of 8-bit square sign triangle. It's amazing. I'm Yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, for those that don't know, Jaime is into the retro pies also. Not really. You play all those games, right? Do you do you have like a certain uh, on your retropie? Do you play like SNES or Sega games or anything? Anything? Mostly, I'd say SNES because uh, just so many good games. Yeah, a lot of good games. Yeah, like I said earlier, Zombies Ate My Neighbors, top tier. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've, I still don't think I've beaten it. Like, oh, I, I, I like don't since think I was I... like 14, 13 or fourteen. I, I remember a good friend of mine, Drew Jones, and I were renting that every day or every weekend from blockbuster for like uh for like i want to say like three or four months yeah like playing that game and then finally we had to like you know hang up the hat and like walk away like i guess it just wasn't meant for us and then i don't think i ever beat any video games really like with the help of neighborhood kids it was the only time any of that happened Everybody, That's I why beat now, Zelda like, when I was like six or seven, but that was because only because my mother took mm -hmm. uh, the Nintendo from my brother, like and was like, "All right, Mijo, you can come and play out here." And my brother would get super fucking upset. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's move on from DJing uh, house parties on twelfth uh, and or fourteenth in Chicon uh, to when you joined Peligrosa, and and where your head was at musically at that point. So I was. Probably at that point doing hefty, if not strictly, Ableton sets. Mm -hmm. And that was going really well. And I had the Thursdays at Creekside, and you and Arnold were no longer doing Wednesdays. No, we 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 convinced them somehow to move to Fridays. Yeah. And Did someone have it before you? I don't think so. No, that was they so weird. They didn't have anybody out there, and we were just like, this is a gorgeous, fun patio. Yeah. Where it was like... Not you're not like there's no pressure to like be a dance club, 
but yeah, we ended, I don't think that's we ended what Benny wanted at all. And no, then he saw the numbers and he was like, fuck it, we're dancing. Yeah, yeah. Much like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Shout um, out that um, that PA from Rock and Roll Reynolds uh, that they had for six years that was like just two four wedges. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and then where did we get that sub from? There was a sub? You remember that? That <laughs> no. really weird shit box? Oh, that sub. Yeah, You that remember was, that thing? The yeah, thing that yeah, would yeah. draw too much power and then uh-huh. it would go out? And then you started bringing around your... Uh, my JBL Eon. The C2? G2, or e- the G2. E2 or some shit like G2. that. G2. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I tried to get you to let me borrow that, and you never did. Uh, I s- well, you did like one or two times, and then you busted the cone, and then it was dead. I. <laughs> and then you recently replaced said cone. I, b- four I, have, times, have, fi- five I have five of those cones at my house just in case. Are you serious? Yeah. Jesus. I mean, they're like 10 bucks, and they go out like tinfoil. Yeah. You know, especially when you're pushing. But, uh,. What's it? Was it? Where's, where was my head at? We um, were we were kind of like at that point you before and I you had even like, joined. You were playing with me on Fridays. You let me play a handful of times, mm-hmm. and I remember, like we, yeah, I don't know how we linked up, but I knew it was Trey Trey Lopez, yep. Manolo Black. So Hobo D was, was in there, and Patrick was mm-hmm. there. So it was I knew Patrick and I knew Trey very well. Uh Trey, because he's from the 1920s. <laughs> he literally is from the 1920s. I'm s- sorry, everyone. Uh, that's actually probably true. I don't think he was born in the year that he says he was. I think he's a vampire. Um, so, yeah. So I knew Trey and I knew Patrick, and they were super fucking uh, amped when they asked me because you were on tour with your majesty and uh, I'm in between all of this, Arnold had been throwing the bug in both your ear and mine Mm -hmm. that we should link up. He was basically the main reason trying to work himself out of having to DJ with me. Yeah. And he wanted, yeah. And then he was like, like, y'all two do go ahead and do this. I'm I'm a party. I'm a party. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you went on tour with your majesty and I don't know who brought it up to who, but I seem to remember it was either Trey or Patrick asked me like, Hey, yeah. can you come and play? And I went and played for Peligrosa cause it had been like maybe two, three months mm-hmm. already in the, in the, yeah. in the can. And then you went out on tour. I played like one, maybe two dates. And then you came back mm-hmm. and they were like, no, it's fucking dope. Yeah. We should do this again. And then I think there was no like, you're in the crew. It was just like, yeah, come back next week. Yeah. Or come back next month. And then that's. Yeah, I need to go back uh, on the flyers and look when I first started adding you. I want, yeah, I want to say it was like late 2008, even in our basically our first year. Yeah, no, it was well within yeah. your first year because I remember because I I was really amped and I really wanted to like link up with y'all, mm-hmm. but was way too stubborn to ask, and. I remember it was like, yeah, Trey. Had, I think it, was, it probably was Trey. Maybe it was Pat. I, I, was, I think it was definitely Trey. He's, he's, um, bless his heart, one of the few dudes who's who's not a gatekeeper in the in, with his music or with sharing his yeah. musical interest. You know what I'm saying? No, not at all. Which, yeah, that's much more different than yeah. you or I. <laughs> yeah. I no. mean, I, I teeter back and forth. I yeah, try. It I try. I try. <laughs> I, I'm not that way now. I know that. Um, but yeah, Trey, Trey was, or either way, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever they asked, I was elated. And then 
when you got back, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if they were, but obviously Trey and Patrick were like, Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, yeah, you should come and keep doing this. But I didn't know because you and I didn't have like a very close rapport. It was just Arnold was our mutual friend. And and we were both like, yeah, knuckleheads. And then I, I think one of the first times you and I like kicked it when you came back was at the shit pit. It was you were living at the shit pit and I came and hung out with you and Arnold and then Arnold took off and then you and I were fucking around with I can't remember was that red uh, Oh my god that's my favorite machine yeah, ever Yeah was it That is the Because you you it, painted over it so I didn't know what the fuck it was <laughs> I have a Bjork sticker I still ha- I have it What uh, is it The Ensonic ASRX Pro that's what it was. And that thing... That was a... I mean, man, that thing survived a lot longer that, than I thought it would. Going back to when I was first learning with Jubal, mm-hmm. he had a technique, his techniques, and my friend Johnny had his ASR uh, Pro, mm-hmm. and we, it was, I was like a kid in a candy store. It was like we would... I would play these records that Jubal had or that I brought from my parents' house, and then while we're DJing, just like every now and again sample onto a pad, and then when you're tired of DJing, you go over to Ensonique and you start trimming your samples. You're like, all right, I like this kick drum, and then you make a little whatever shitty beat. I I remember you had that thing forever. And then you also had like the, the different version of the 303 that I had the the SP the, the Roland yeah, series yeah, yeah. like I have one but 220 I think it is is that yeah that's Doc, what doctor, it is doctor doctor boss the doctor boss. rhythm yeah I still have that actually no I've seen that one I actually sampled all the Latin there's like six Latin kits on there and I sampled them uh and I put them up have you on. used them for anything no but I, I packaged them up and I shared them online I'll, I'll put it in the, oh, yeah. in the show notes or whatever yeah yeah um I mean I probably use one or two things from there I'm still like you know, I'm a sample collector, a hoarder. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this. Like, what... So, I, he... Odion and I have, like, worked on shit before, but I've never really asked him himself, like, when you're by yourself, mm-hmm. if you start... Like, your drums, because you are very yeah. particular about your drums. I, Do I'm, you usually always go for, like, sampled? Um... Most like ninety five percent is are sample, sample drums. drums, yeah. And then do you just layer them, or do you just try and polish them off with like EQ and effects? It, like you, what, like really, your go to, like what's your majority? Well, if, if my go to is a TR eight hundred eight closed hi hat, yeah, um, that's the only drum that I know I'll always start with. Even if I end up changing it, I'll like it's start just you with know the, the sound and exactly. you're not bothered by it, it's, so you don't exactly. have to change it. Yeah, yeah. So, it's comfortable. Yeah, so and and. Uh, snares and kicks uh change around so much i mean but i'm saying like usually you'll stick with like an electronic kit um like from the get-go like just early just to get the the general schematics of it down yes for the most part even if they're sampled live drums uh, there's i still use them like i guess in an electronic way Mm -hmm. um where i'll like take the attack from one kick drum and then the sustain from like an 808 and you're just putting the tail and the head together exactly uh snares have a love-hate relationship with snares. Yeah, I've seen. <laughs> we've we've tried to work on things before, and it is god awful. It's very it hard is... to decompartmentalize the different parts oh of writing a god. song when you're working with Odeon. <laughs> I've watched Odeon spend fucking like thirty minutes just scrolling through samples of snares, and 
I still do that. It's so no, I imagine that. I you cannot do. tell you. I mean, I, I have sample collections now from that's what like kills me is that you're I, just every increasing year. the options. Every year. The options are getting larger, so the time spent I is becoming I that much more. I haven't found like a you know, a set of ten 16 drums that I want to use on everything. So that's why I'm continually searching for stuff. Because, I mean, you'll, you'll go grab stuff. And you're like, Man, just earth, wind, and fire drums. Get it, get it over with. It's done. I found, I, honestly, I found that, like, just sampling a drum off a record yeah. is, like, the quickest way to not be bothered by the sound of a drum. Yeah, because they already did all the work. Because they did most of the work for it. Most? They did... All of the work. Well, I mean, you still have to put it in context yeah. with the other stuff you're writing. Yeah, you, know, you can't. Very true. Can't do no dirty, but distorted kick is, yeah. over some flowery. I mean, you could do whatever, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. No, I don't know. It was. It was a. Uh, had to give up on that after a while. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was I know. Just like, yeah, like, I like you're saying. Like, I think I, I dropped out, and it was just like the only things that I still like keep around if I don't either make it or sample it myself from a record mm-hmm. is usually like the. Yeah, it's like the TR series, mm-hmm. the 808, the 909, and I want to say... 727? That's the no, Latin one. that is a good one, though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's usually electronic drums. Yeah. But the only thing is, the main reason that you're going to use any of that is basically for the frequencies. Right. Like Much like, we're, like you right, were right. just talking about. I've been messing around with some uh, FM drums, too. I picked up a Digitone... And there's also like a couple Max for Live like FM synthesized drums that are fun to play with. Yeah, yeah. Because you kind of like, you know, FM's like you start with operators and then you attenuate the operators with different waves and then you can like. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna bore the shit out of people with drum, <laughs> with drum I'm sample. I'm thoroughly talks. entertained Sorry. about. We'll move. I know <laughs> you and I are entertained by this, but then I realized just for a moment I was like, no one's gonna like this. So I mean, you stop hoarding drums. Um, but I kept hoarding drums, so maybe maybe now uh, we can work I, we on something. We will not work together. Then. <laughs> no, because then I'm gonna have to sit down, and you'll be like, "Give me a second. And then two I hours later, I'm gonna be like, "Did you find anything?" I've I've actually been searching for the perfect reggaeton drums because everything's been those, s- those, sampled and resampled so many times. I'm trying to go back dude, and find. What was it? There was it the was like ones? Louis Louis posted up a fucking or no was it Louis or Manny? Posted, so we have a group me chat and then he posted up a song and literally it's and it's like it's all right i mean it's whatever it was i can't remember the dude's name it was like one of the last ones it was, it was all it was was like the, the, all i remember was ass shaking umbrellas and then the dude with dreads and I, <laughs> oh and, the video yeah, i have yeah. no idea so but the only thing but the the weird thing about it was is it was made literally this year probably within the yeah. past couple of months and it was the same reggaeton sample like all yeah. the same drums. And it was like it's kind of that thing like it don't if it ain't broke don't fix it. Yeah. Like do you feel that way? Like with anything any of the cats that are making new stuff, do you ever hear it? Like I mean uh, like in the Pereo stuff, like do you hear Do I hear anything new? Yeah. That I like sample sample wise. Um like you hear the rhythm, but the bulk of them are using that those same what four beats? Yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, where that original beat came from. Cause I, I, Are you Wikipediaing it right now? Uh, He's no, on I'm his iPad scrolling, scrolling through stuff. Um, well, so so I have a fascination with like, all right, um, you know, Prince used the OBX drums, mm-hmm. but, but pitched them down. Um, you know, drum and bass comes from the Lynn Collins beat. Bounce has the Trigger Man. Um, yeah. 
the power Cha- beat from Baila Funk. Yeah. Um, Everybody was born Ch- from Ch- one rhythm. Champeta, a lot of it uses a Casio SK-1 drums really? on there. Yeah. I did not know um, that. So, so I kind of, you Is know. Is that from the SK-1? Yeah. It's totally from the SK-1. I thought it was what? The, I the lion, was some... the, the high and low conga. Yeah, I thought that that was, and, and that's uh, also. Um, yeah no no who's the other one like uh the african style that's also uses that one uh i mean champeta is kind of like yeah like uses a lot of that like early no maybe am i wrong i'm uh you may not be wrong wrong, but i just don't know about it yeah yeah Uh, i don't know how wrong you are but no so so like you know going down the reggaeton path and the homie wayne and wax has written extensively uh about reggaeton he even has a book out um, but like one of the first introductions to the sound was actually was it uh, Dimbo Dimbo Dimbo, yeah, yeah. or maybe before that Shaba Ranks I think was it Shaba? It, it might <gasps> Shaba. It might have been Shaba. But the, the my problem with that song is it's a very homophobic song. Yeah. Um, but As then was a lot of fucking absolutely dance all back then. Um, but then these so these two dudes in New York actually put out the. Um, they put out a record, and on the back of the record is a B side with with the instrumental, and it's that's where it stemmed from, and that and that's where like it's like half the Shaba ranks, half the other one, but it kind of an amalgamation. So there's not like one but piece that's of equipment. Where the rhythm, yeah, like stemmed from. Yes, not not necessarily the rhythm, not but the stemmed, drums, but the drums, the drums specifically, which was basically. I, I may be wrong on this, but uh, the the Sly Dunbar drum splash pack. Is what a lot of the early producers were using to make dance hall and stuff like that, and I think a, at least I know a snare, a reggaeton snare came from that drum pack. Yeah. So uh, I'm actually going through it now. It's fucking huge. Um, but you're just you're basically trying to. I'm trying archive. to find like the original sounds of this stuff just because I'm neurotic like that. Yeah, you don't sleep. Uh, but I spend my time playing video games whenever I can't sleep. <laughs> he looks for drum samples. Oh, uh, I play video games too. Yeah, you play FIFA by yourself. I don't. All right, I'll post it in the show notes because uh, I found it recently, but I can't find it right now. Yeah, he's scrolling. But like yeah, mad. To, but the, yeah, so I'm always like trying to find original sounds. Like I'm really interested in the DX7 like electric pianos. Yeah, and I'm trying to find some other way besides owning a DX7 or DX7S to make to find like use get four operators. What was the one that to make the electric piano sound? Oh, that's why you were asking me about that the yep. other day. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Circle becomes a square. Yeah, forgot. Uh, no, what I think was it's it? actually. Who I was, think who the was electric the other one piano was, like, is six operators. What was the one? It wasn't a. It wasn't an Esquire. It was a the E Sonic. Mm-hmm. Was it the? I can't remember the series. Do you? I mean, you're a Living Legends fan, correct? Uh. Not as much as you. No. But yeah. But do you mm-hmm. remember? Uh, so there was an album called Gandalf's Travels, mm-hmm. and it was Eli from The Living Legends. But he used something like that. Like he still to this day like produced like all their albums using just that E Sonic. I think it was. Oh, God damn it. And so yeah, it was probably ASR ten. Probably. Yeah. I but mean, it was just it. like I mean straight up. That's all he used, and he would just sample shit mm-hmm. and then just like ram it out on that one. Have you ever done that? Uh, like absolutely. as of recent, yeah. Oh, like I mean, recent, we, like, I, take we used to. I mean, because it was the same for me. Like I had an SP three hundred three that I would just snap out like mm-hmm. samples and then try and make tracks, right. and that was what I would do. But I was really interested. Like, when was the last time 
because I can't remember the last time mm. I did it, but I was wondering when was the last time you snapped out like an entire song, but not making you not using a DAW, almost making an entirely oh. sampled song. Uh, like last week. Was it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, what do I you have... use though? <laughs> I'm saying like not like not any of these machines. I'm no, talking I, about like at the house like... I have an Akai S20, which uh, is a 12 bit mm -hmm. sampler with 16 things on it. Absolutely terrible sequencer, uh, but I I really love the workflow of sampling on that. It's yeah. just like two button press and you capture stuff. So I like I'll just plug oh, for real? I'll plug in Spotify on it and yeah, pick like a genre and scroll like every fifth song. I'll scroll to the middle of it and sample it just randomly. Yeah, until I've reached sixteen pads and, and then, then just I'll, go I'll, fucking I'll ape shit. Make something out of that. You know what I'm saying? That's and, a and the fun other day, exercise. Were you doing that as as an exercise or were you trying to actually like? Oh no, I'm never trying to like write anything. It's always like fun exercise for yeah. me. You're just doing it to do it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I I brought it like a no. Some, I was talking like yeah, like a for serious sit down and be oh, like I, nothing is for serious. Nothing. I, I came to the realization cereals? that, um, you know, like a year and a half ago, I just stopped saving music that I was working on. I just turn off my MPC so or turn I off my Ableton. I have never saved music. <laughs> Sorry, Odeon always gives me shit. Uh, I just don't like going, opening up old Ableton project files. It just distracts me from a any creativity. So I was like, I'm gonna stop doing this. So. It, so what do you do? Like, is it basically like either you hammer it out or yeah. no or nothing? Yep, basically. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, yeah. never mind. Maybe I, we can work together. It's lost in that's... the ether, you know. For for me, music making is still therapeutic for me. It's not yeah. really a large uh, part of my income, and I don't really want to add that stress to something I enjoy doing. So that's kind of wh why I keep it like that. But yeah. I'm still a fucking gear hoarder. I'm like yeah, texting no, you that. all the time about. Yeah. <laughs> I just texted you the it's other really, day. It astounds me that you say you don't make money from any of this, and yet you spend so much money on it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like my, my therapy. Yeah, very true. Um, but you've also been gear hoarding as yeah. of uh, over the last year and a half, like quiet is kept. Yeah. Um, Things stack you up because you're not you're not buying synths because you're making your own wave you're using yeah. well like, i mean that's yeah it's like uh you got a trap kit at the house now i do it's this like 1970s like bright yellow uh trap kit it was uh my girlfriend got it actually is it ludwig and then huh ludwig no it's a yamaha, yamaha. no it's dope i know and i really i did want to get this uh catalina series gretch mm -hmm. set that was up there it was like okay so there was this like giant uh drum sale that happened up north in, I, it doesn't matter. It was just like a 45 minutes north of us mm -hmm. here in Austin. And apparently the dudes, the the guy, his father just hoarded drums. Mm -hmm. He passed away. And then his son oh, was shit. like, I don't need any of this. Yeah. And the guy took a couple pictures and it was literally like fucking like a house lot. <laughs> like the, the front of the lawn was huge. It was a huge house, whatever. Mm -hmm. It looked like the dude had money, but it was just kits as far as the fucking I could see. And Damn. it was just like racks of snare drums and like all kinds of shit. I was like, Oh my God, I want to go. And I was working some, I can't even remember the show that I was working, but I remember that I was very mad that I was there. <laughs> and, was, uh, my girlfriend brought that one back and then I was supposed to get the Catalina series from him. And then I didn't hear back and I was really upset because I did have, uh, like a 87 Pearl White Gretsch set like nice. a couple of years ago and I sold it like an idiot because I needed money. And then 
I was gotta, like, oh, I don't need it. And then I was like, oh, I really want that. You got to let go sometimes. I, I, I let go. I didn't have to, but I had a drink. I let go of one of those uh, ASRX uh, pros one time. And immediately I was like, I'm an idiot. And then I spent the next like year trying to find another one. I feel that way with yeah. like even shitty vinyl. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know why this is, but we are hoarders. <laughs> I will. I will say that is that Odeon and I are most definitely hoarders, but in very like, like a responsible, specific, like it's very specific. It's, it's, as much of a whore you can be is like being poor. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is like, I, it's very specific. Like I, I have never sold a piece of vinyl. Not one. Yeah. I can say I've, I've traded one maybe. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if I've done that, but I know that I have, even if it's, if it was like something I bought and was like, what the fuck did I even get? Well, I'll just put it over here. Cause maybe I'll use it one day, which will never happen, but it's there. Oh yeah, I think I think most record collectors have like that section. They're like, can't get rid of this. Like, never gonna not? touch it. It's never like, gonna listen to it. It's garbage. But, it's all torn to shit. Yeah. And then it's like, there's no. But that's the thing is, there's no sentimental value to any of those. Like none whatsoever. Like I don't go, oh, I bought that when I was. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. There's no mental momenta. Well, I, I think the fact that momento that they you, that you understand that you could literally take like half a second and create your own instrument like that's for me a no, no, large reason why i keep and i mean i think that's yeah i think that's why a lot of dudes would like hold on to shit right. like that mm-hmm. but then whenever you think about, like if you yeah, sat yeah, down yeah. right yeah. now no bullshitting right now we're yeah. sitting here you're yeah. not going to do shit with those records no, and absolutely. i'm not going to do shit with those records who's who's that um <clears throat> that lady that's like this is revival of getting rid of stuff if a little it, Asian lady? Yeah. If, I don't if, know. If it doesn't make you happy, get rid of it. It doesn't bring you joy. Yeah, just seeing joy. it brings me joy, so I'm leaving it. <laughs> just like it fills up the shelf. It now makes it, me feel like Now I is the time to hit together. up the thrift shops, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no shit. Did you find the drums through an estate sale, or was that like a Craigslist find? That was a Craigslist find. Interesting. Which, Odeon is a huge advocate for estate sales. <laughs> just so <laughs> we're all clear. He is. He is. He's, I, he, loves, I, he loves looking, up, looking them up and just wondering how he could not use that in his house and just put it somewhere where it will collect dust. He loves it. I have this weird affinity for, for looking at dead people's stuff, even though like a lot of estate sales, you know, the way that came off was not (laughs) as smooth as you thought it was. Uh, well you interpret it however you want, but like, we will all do so (laughs) pretty much the majority. And I'm talking about like music gear, like somebody passes away and people's shit. Got it. Not like their actual shit. What do you? No, no, about? no. I get it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, what's wrong with that? Oh, is this a nice? This is a really nice guitar. Like, yeah. Oh, is this a dead guy's? No. <laughs> uh, I'm out of here. I don't want like, this. Yeah. This is garbage. Why you got this cracker well, well, jack kinda, bullshit out of here? You kind of get to see. Is what, he? Is he gonna die? <laughs> well, what's one of my uncles is always jokes. Like, have you ever have you ever seen a, a funeral caravan with the U-Haul behind it? No, you don't take any of that shit with you when you die. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's why it ends up. That's why it ends up in estate sales. Boo! Um, that's not a joke. It's just a weird observation. I. I that's the joke. That's not a joke. Uh, whatever. You have to meet my uncle Carlos. He is the. Uh, oh, that's my middle name. Da- he is yeah, a dad joke name. reigning champion. Really? Of the Western Hemisphere. I don't know. He's got to go up against Chance Losey. Oh, uh, easy. Yeah, got he got like thirty years on it. Chances got puns for days, dude. It it is punishing to where. Okay, so you know William. Is that a pun so, right there? Uh, 
So <laughs> the two gentlemen that I work with, one is very good. For, they're both very good friends of mine is William Evans and Chance Losey. And being betwixt these two gentlemen throwing puns at each other is the most punishing <laughs> fucking thing in my life. Shout out Chance because he's been with us since Creekside. That's very true. Chance has been he, around. He was with, the, he, he was with us at Creekside him. and then at Iron Gate. That's true. Remember that little snit? Yeah. What was it? That was that year. So one year we did it at Creekside, which was a renovated Tejano bar, essentially. And it was, sorry, Casey McGee, if you ever hear this, it was a fucking (laughs) shit check. Uh, But I worked there. Chance worked there. And one year we did Peligrosa there. Mm -hmm. And that was probably one of the best years, in my opinion, because of two turns before they really hit big, which was Maluka, which she kind of like went up and fizzled, like at least in her like mass popularity. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Das Racist. Das Racist. Do you remember that? Absolutely. They tried to we steal did, my pipe. We collaborated with uh, Sean Reynaldo and Oro Once of oh, Tormenta yeah. Tropical, and we did two or three days. It was three. Iron Gate. Yeah. And like the, the I'm glad you brought that up because I I, I want to ask you about like some of the people that you saw early that ended up blowing up and and that stuff. But that was one of the parties where it was like Kingdom played there. Oh, yeah. Um Diplo was there, Toy Selector was there, Unguzu Unguzu was there. Holy shit. That was um, probably one of our most Talcian Lemonade. Hands down, I would say that was one of the most like sort of I mean, okay, so the establishment DJ, itself. DJ Panic was supposed to play, and then did, but his girlfriend was underage. And then we told him Shout that she Dallas. couldn't come in, so he backed out. Matt yeah. Shade Tech, Jubilee, Elvis 1990, oh, yeah. Tan Lines, Paul Devereaux, Jadon Blackamore, Poirier, Laser Wait, Sword, Uproot Andy, Ghost on Tape, Chief Boima, Issa GT. Oh, Chief. I mean, Boima. Like all these people, and well, most of these people. Went on and did and did great things. Everybody except me. Yeah, I'm on here Same too. Same on that one. <laughs> I think we just kind of sat in the back line and we're like, "Good job, us self backpats all around." Self backpats. Give me one of those orange sherbet things. Yeah. I mean, and that was oh, like, yeah, the iron as, whip. As much of a shithole as that was, like there was still was special perfect. moments. You know, oh no, what I'm but that, that that it was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect because it. I mean, it literally was a sort of old shack that was at the Hano Bar mm-hmm. that we were using as a sort of playhouse yeah. for an evening. So there, and the thing is, is the owner Casey McGee did not have, who was one of the part owners of Creekside. He had no like sort of reservations about like, Hey, we're going to rip this place apart. Like, okay, cool. Just, it was, Oh man, that was such a good year. Now that, that I was think good, about it, was that was probably one of the, like, and, it, and it was two nights looking now at the was flyer. It? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, and well, that many people for yeah. what that was. That Double was a Dutch was there, bill. actually. Who? Double Dutch. Oh, yeah, no, because remember we went to like uh, uh, like Sunday like barbecue at his house. Oh, yeah. Like the day after. Mm-hmm. And then I, that was whenever I, be, I got really good friends that with was, the, was that, Elvis. For, was that oh, the South by Southwest that you or someone else was just was sitting there? I was doing sound. And then somebody came from, I think it was Transmission was doing something up the street, and they were like, uh, Big Boy needs a DJ. Did anybody yeah. hear one DJ? Yeah. And then you just took off yeah. with the Serato box and went and did that? Yeah. <laughs> I think Shade... Was that? No, I think, that was... 
I think Shade Tech had a Serato box, extra Serato box or something. Who was it that did it? Was it me? I can't I fucking. Dude, this is why we need to write that shit down. Well, I don't remember Short-term a lot of things. Memory loss. <laughs> yeah, that was a rough one for me because I was having to half-ass do sound. Yeah, and then on the shitty PA that yeah, we had from like, Rock and Roll Rounds, and I was like, dude, this is horrible. And they're Bro. like, hey, I need more of this. Like, we don't even have the equipment for that. What are you talking about? <laughs> that, like, just that like, Iron Gate PA was definitely the same one from Greek side. <laughs> no, it was a little bit better. <laughs> it was like one extra. What was it? I remember so. I tell this story sometimes, but mm-hmm. one of the cats from, I think it was Heems, maybe, mm-hmm. from Das Racist, who, y'all, if y'all haven't heard his last album, it's actually really good. At Recent? least in my opinion. Heems? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Good. Uh, I like it. It's like half and half. I, I enjoy it thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Like the other ones that are a little bit more down are like very much in that way of like Anticon, but New York. It's very, I don't know what it is about it. But anyway, so <clears throat> they had played. They asked to borrow uh, my pipe because they were like, yo, we oh, want to hit yeah. this. And they took the pipe mm-hmm. and then and then they, and then they, they jacked your pipe. <laughs> and I knew that was going to happen. And I was just like, these motherfuckers. And then I was like, ah, whatever. It was like a whatever. It was a little chillum thing that I didn't care about. And and then I don't know if it was Heem's phone or who or the other cat. I can't remember his name. But um, but they took off and they left their phone. And then they called it and I picked it up and they, I was like, yeah, whose phone is this? And it was just like, oh, we just played it, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, is this Das Racist? Yeah. And then I was like, cool, just come back with my pipe whenever you got it. And they were like, what? And I was like, it's a sound engineer. I let you borrow my pipe. Like, bring that shit back and you can get your phone back. Otherwise, don't come back. And they were like, showed up. And so very New York of them were like, yo, man, here you go, late. Like just straight up, like not no take, apologies, take, take no nada. Yeah. Like just like here's the trade, bye bye. <laughs> this is fucking dope, dude. Um, so is is there anybody else from other parties that you saw like grow grow uh, over the years that you still kind of like, or even if you don't like them? No, I like a lot of people. I mean, Andy would probably be the largest one, mm-hmm. or at least the most. Uh, what do you call it? Active still. Active, but also like he went on to a level of um, there wasn't just music. Like he was sort of an ambassador. Right. Like I really like looking at what he's done with his career and music and everything. He's 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 moved on to a level that's like well above just making music. And I really appreciate him for that. That, like sort of that we'll hopefully we'll have him on here he he is a definitely dear a wealth of uh as well as a dear old friend uh, a wealth of knowledge yes um when you want when you want to talk about colloquialisms and music and also got a story about e- ethnomusicology and and whatnot mm. yeah i got a really good story about him mm-hmm. uh confirming then denying that he uh enjoys strippers <laughs> and then confirming. Also, all whilst trying to hit on my sister. It was amazing. <laughs> it was great. And it was at my house. That was the better part. It was me, Gecko, Andy. I can't remember who. I think Joseph was there, maybe. Yeah. Boimo was coming through town a lot at that time, too. Mm-hmm. I it was, was basically the heavy rotation back then was Quebajo, uh, Boima, Jubilee, mm-hmm. And then whoever we were like a couple other Dougie yeah, Arts but it was cats. like basically half the year was right. set. Mm-hmm. Like we had Absolutely. five to six months that were just like 
We know they're coming. Yeah, I mean, and we always and the thing was is they were great. But it Jubilee was, has stalkers here. That's how many times she's been here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of them is your girlfriend. Um, and then yeah, and then the rest of the months, man, those those days were really fun. But granted, I mean, like it was like Quebajo and Tormenta Tropical were the ones that we often leaned on. Right. Like just because we were in the same boat. I yeah, think. I wouldn't say leaned on as much as saw, not leaned on, but saw, we solidarity enjoyed, with. Yeah, we just enjoyed. Like, all right, you guys are doing this similar thing that we're doing down here in Texas, in I mean, New York, and Cali. I mean, lean on as far as like, oh, we know we can bring them. We really enjoy having them here, yeah. like in a positive light. Yep. I'm not trying to say it as a negative. Well, I took it in the wrong way. Yeah, you're being a dick. Yep. Um, uh, so let me ask you from specifically from this last South by, who were some of your favorite people? Why the fuck would you ask me that question because you because i should i know the answer what was i doing all through south by <laughs> clenching my teeth. shout out jaime for <laughs> clenching his teeth for four days for peligosa house and taking care of a lot of people and bathroom leaks and pipe leaks <laughs> you're a dick but i know you enjoyed some stuff like a, a tosh i think that's how you say it huh Atosh is like A T T O X X A. Came with Boima, played before Boima. Oh yeah, all, that all dude Ableton was, set. Yeah, that dude was sick. I'm telling you. And I liked Boima set. That was actually really nice. I always love seeing I him. I love seeing Boima. Yeah. Uh, shout out. We have a, we have a love of Boima. bagel bites that goes far <laughs> deeper than any brother love. Uh, Boima uh, started international black and works with uh, Africa. Is a country. He was also one of the founding members for with Duddy Arts. Used to live in New York. Now mm, out Duddy on Arts. West Coast. West Coast. Always good shit. Yeah, they always had good shit. I think actually my first release before I like even signed up to like a pro was with Duddy Arts. Was it? Yeah. Was and it, it was on an that instrumental? Yeah, it was on a compilation. And yeah, it was that just was the one with uh, Undertow. I think it was an yeah, track. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. I'll post that. In Wasn't the, that in the show all notes. like? Yeah, that was like one of your first. Not first attempts, but that was like your first. No, that was like, definitely all like yeah, that was like, like definitely the first original. time was like, hey, will you write something for this? <laughs> yeah, I remember you kind of like geek, not geeking out, but it was like one of the first times that you were like, uh, mm -hmm. it's all, it's got to be like bare bones, like no, yeah, sampling, like yeah, 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 yeah. I remember you talking about that. That's yeah, to be like, asked to go from like the transition, which I know for you is probably the same as me. It's like we made a lot of like remixes and things and edits and shit uh, like that over the years. And then to make like the next jump. Cause I remember like, uh, Cumbia Carajo, mm -hmm. like whenever yeah. you did that, Carajo, it, Colombia. or Carajo Colombia, yeah. sorry. It was, uh, it was like very much like sample heavy using older tracks. Uh -huh. Like, I mean, same for dust, same for a lot of the cats that we all started doing. Like first we're sampling other shit. Yeah. And then we're just kind of adding on top and like make make a reimagining or a recreation of something, which is dope. But I wanted to ask you, like, how much out of your comfort zone was Undertow then to just go from like sampling to just like to ju to basically like, like from well, everything from the not, from the brain? I'm, I will say the hardest part was probably because because I basically started with producing hip-hop yeah. like with the asrx pro was like the format was like intro chorus verse chorus verse chorus and i was like 
how do I do that without vocals, but with the melody? Uh, with with no intention of vocals. Right. With no yeah. intention of vocals. But so having, now you're having ha to fill the Having gap. some sort of like lead or melody act as like, as the vocal, essentially. Uh, I don't know. It was as. Did you just bang it out? And you I were just, like, all I, right, I'm done. Probably. I mean, I can't remember exactly, but. Yeah. I mean, last time when I was working with when Tony Moon Doctor and I um, were working on that EP, yeah, um, we probably shouldn't be left alone in the studio because we edited each. Of, we made like four versions of each of those songs. I can only <laughs> imagine you, like, Tony, and fucking. It was just me and Tony uh, making the the Elephant EP, and like you know, we sampled. My I played Gaitas on it. Um, I sang a little bit on it. I, probably play some keys on it he plays some keys we both did some drum programming but we're both the type of people where it's like well we can rearrange this in another way and, and then just, you'll have like 12 versions yeah. and you don't know which one to pick and then yeah. you're like oh well let's scrap this idea want to go get coffee <laughs> yeah i know that one he's more into the not the yerba mate but the kai berry or sai berry whatever how you say it big up fresh moon records fresh moon so lazy so, Lacey was a good actually. So I will okay, say yeah. this: I was fixing a leak while Lacey Moondaga's set <laughs> was was happening, but she had a really good set. And granted, I was in the throes of trying to make sure that the building didn't leak water all over her CDJs. But then I stood around right afterwards and I was listening to the rest of her set. Hers was good. Boyma's was good. Atosh, mm -hmm. and then. You always like OG Roddy. Dude, don't be a dick. <laughs> I'm trying not to be an aggressive dick. <laughs> oh, my I God. I love OG Roddy. Yeah, nice dude, I guess. Uh, you know who I was also pleasantly surprised by? Uh, the chick from Portugal. Her. She kind of had an early set on... She the one that was wearing the cowboy outfit? The cowboy what? outfit? I don't kinda think weird. so. Or she, did she have a cowboy hat? She had like white pants on or something. I yeah, know. I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, she, no. She was playing a exactly. micro chord. No, I know exactly who. Uh, she usually about. plays with a drummer, but she just is kind of like CDJ chords, and it was like it's more funk, funk yeah, bass. No, I was, I was, uh, I was busy. Um, I think yelling at Manny. <laughs> Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, totally. Hi, uh, Manny. Was it was it uh, extra stressful to be in the crew that's throwing a party at the place that you also work? Fuck yes. Okay. That's yeah. That's about it. as long. Yeah, if you want to get into it, we can. Not really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's stressful it's, for me. It's okay. Having so to watch you be stressful. If for anybody who's listening, what he's alluding to or not alluding to, what we're saying is is, uh, Peligrosa happens at the North Door, which I am mm -hmm. the general manager of. So during Peligrosa, it is a double-edged sword for me to work, slash deal with anyone that's in peligrosa right. like i think that's a, i don't know it's just it's tough that makes sense it's like to be an ambassador and like hang out with people and make sure they have a good time but also like right. run the fucking venue it was stressful because i was having to work and i had and i see like 20 million people that i've all that i haven't seen or you know a bunch of artists that i've either haven't met or i really want to meet or i've met and i really want to hang out with like joel mm -hmm. shout out joel brazil Love I like that, that guy. You always say shout out. What's that? I always like. I like that you say shout out. Shout day. out. Like you should just listening. say hashtag or pound sign. Say pound sign. Pound sign. 
uh, left, right, A, B, A, B, left, right. You don't right. even know what the fuck it is. Um, Pound sign. Pound sign. I was looking for... He's um, looking at his iPad again. For some photos from the past Pedigosa houses. I mean, technically, we've only been doing Pedigosa house, calling it Pedigosa house for three last years? three years, something like that. Mm-hmm. But we've pretty much thrown South by parties. What was your favorite? Favorite what? Favorite artists, all of the Peligrosa parties. Not 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 monthlies, but South by's. Like hands oh. down, was you were that you kind of freaked out just a little bit, or a lot. Performance wise, or just meeting someone or being there, like moment over the years. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm similar to you, where I'm like, you know, there's maybe 15 artists that are playing a night and I have to get them credentials and, you know, figure out who's thirsty. And like, I'm doing the visuals from my PlayStation controller, um, and making sure somebody's at the merch table. So I'm just saying over the years, like whenever you got an artist to play or you kind of were like, (gasps) I don't really feel that I don't get that way. Like I don't get starstruck ever. Um, nah, not Can ever. You, really? It, 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 no, because it, the thing, the thing I've come to find out is that when I do get starstruck and I do have like an impression of somebody, mm-hmm. it, it always changes when I meet them. Oh yeah, no, that's so the way it goes. I, that's why I, they say never meet your fucking idols. Yeah, so that's why I kind of don't ha- hold any expectations for yeah, people like, like cool that. Yeah, like Keith is frightening to me, but he is just <laughs> who I thought he was. Like I met for him, I met him, opened up DJing for him. Yeah, like don't I mean, you? It doesn't. Patrick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Patrick, Patrick is, was his DJ. Yeah, his yeah. DJ for a while. Like Cool Keith is a frightening individual, mm-hmm. but that's exactly what you want from him. <laughs> Like I think he would make like before Patrick would go pick him up from the airport. Yeah. He, he'd like have him go to Walmart and get a pack of 20 diapers or some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember when it, it was on the Black Elvis tour that he was throwing out like chicken wings, uh-huh. a moist towelette, and a cert mint oh, wow. all wrapped up in a Ziploc bag. And he was like throwing them out into the I crowd. I definitely got the uh, pizza one. No, I got a bag of fried chicken from Cool yeah. Keith at yeah. Electric Daisy Carnival. Oh, really? One or two. Yeah. It was like. Cool Keith and Dell in the middle tent between like the drum and Whoa. bass and transacts. <laughs> Those two? Yeah. God damn. Not not together, just back to back. Yeah, still. They yeah. they had to have met and talked. And that's <laughs> that is a conversation. Yeah. You want to be a fly on the wall for that one. Yeah. That's, I was gonna say no, just because I seem to remember like one or two standing out, and I, I remember it was uh AC alone at Chupacabra. That was at Peligrosa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a really dope one. And then the other one was shout that out, year the abstract out, came through. Yeah. Last was, was that was the first year that we did it at year, North Door. Was it was it was either the year before this one or the year before that? I think it was the year. And it was like Micah Nine, uh, AC alone AC, AC and alone, abstract. It was uh, abstract. Um yeah. and then they they brought a couple people. Uh, what, it was what? it was a really nice um Palate cleanser. People of I goodwill, say. huh? Assalamu alaikum, people of goodwill. Ugh. He they, they dropped that one. Classic. I know. I just wish you would have done like the Jabberwocky monologue that he does. <laughs> that would have been dope. Um, no, that was like a really cool palate cleanser. I um, remember uh, Yadira came up to me and was like, "I know who's coming up next, and you're gonna freak out." And I was just like, "What?" Like, what's going on? Like, she had known and didn't tell me. And then it was just like, 
abstract AC and, and Mike and nine show up and I was just like, what the fuck? And I like freaked out a little bit. Yeah, I was like, you, I'm not going behind the bar. I'm going to fucking hang out. Like, you and Kristen chant uh, like all yeah, your we faces. All freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just shows you the level of like, like hip hop nerdiness. Like no matter how old you get, you'll just be like, <gasps> I mean, it was interesting to see like the people going out to the club reaction to them you know compared to to your reaction and chris and chases who were who very familiar with the back catalog and to watch people be entertained by them know, and they were in right they right. were in like and I, I mean that's the thing is like with peligrosa it is very much like latin dance party but it shows to me it shows you the level of performance that they can deliver like as far as like hype hip-hop shit it's in English, like granted, I mean, you know, a, lo a number of the people there either speak all Spanish, all mm -hmm. Spanish or English or both, mm -hmm. whatever it, but the thing was, is that the way that they commanded the crowd, I was pleasantly surprised mm -hmm. because I was like, oh fuck. Right. Cause there are moments whenever right. Peligrosa happens is happening and then somebody goes up and the crowd is lost. Right. And it, that, it, it, it breaks my heart yeah. every time mm -hmm. because it's, like case in point, Dos Santos. Shout mm. out Dos Santos, you're fucking amazing. And I was really mm. upset mm. with our crowd because I was like, shit, mm -hmm. like none of you are really engaging this and yeah. they are phenomenal. Yeah. Like did a phenomenal fucking job. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because of the, most of the people that I knew that were in the crowd that I was talking to were also musicians yeah. and they were like, holy fucking shit, this is good. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I mean, it, it's, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because like one year... Um, like the same artist will get um, a better or worse response in the next year. Yeah. So it's like it, it it's just depends what night, moment. you know what I'm I saying? I mean, it, it, there is an ebb and a flow and it's like sometimes it's uh, it's who you have to back or like who you're going right. before, or who you're going after, i.e. me and OG Henny. <laughs> and that was sort of a difficult one for me to grasp, but whatever, made it happen. I mean, that's the thing with Peligrosa House is not like our monthly. Like our monthly is very um, curated. Like we curate the music, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah, very much so. And that's, yeah, there is a level of, um, what is it? We get to define the whole theme for the entire night amongst ourselves as a crew. When you're booking, when we're booking like South By, it's I like. I mean, it's everybody doing I'd, their thing I'd, to the best exactly, of their ability. Exactly. And sometimes it's not going to run in right. with the next crowd right. or the next one and the next for, one. For me, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how people feel about that. But like one time somebody told me I performed to one person like I performed to a thousand. And, yeah. I, and I think that's the attitude. You bring the name, you bring it. If, if you do the same <laughs> show to one, if nobody's there, to if there's a thousand people there. And that's how you're going to make, keep yourself happy in this business. That's how you will gain fans. Um, Cause people will eventually well, join you and I was, through I osmosis, was, you know? Yeah. It was, it was more or less me being upset with like crowds. Or oh no, the no, crowd absolutely. And just yeah. being like, you can't for a right. moment, just like calm the fuck down. Right listen to this shit and it didn't help that tony in the back with that fucking oh, was rig that? was just bumping so hard it's like what, what is what, the dimensions of that room are like 15 by 15 mm, i think there's something like that it's yeah. like 20 by 15 yeah eight foot tall maybe seven foot tall ceilings maybe and we had four eighteen bass Jesus bosses in there Christ, <laughs> like and, and the like, thing is, is a whole line were, array like 
there were pockets in that room mm-hmm. that if you walked, you would get dizzy. Yeah. Like you would walk by it and mm-hmm. it's like, and what was even funnier but is clean. Tony was yeah. living in those yeah. spots. <laughs> he was like sitting there checking his email or like texting somebody <laughs> while it's just like, he's being enveloped by a spiral of fucking sub frequencies <laughs> and just being like, God, dude, how are you doing that? Like you're giving he me anxiety lives for that. Yeah. I that mean, is, you, you saw, I don't know if you actually saw, but he set up, the 418s in here in here when he was engineering so you have uh the 418 bass boss and then he has some barefoots and then he has some avatones and he'd like just be switching between the monitors all the time but like when it was ready to test out the club it was like turn the bit turn the 18s on oh my god (laughs) in that little room over there I'm gonna break I, this. Like this place on, is gonna like, fall. I mean, I, I honestly think Rock like rafters, some of the dude, leaks that happened at North Door may have been a result of the of the uh, base, but I'm not a plumber, so oh, I want to <laughs> say that that was the problem. No. <laughs> it sounds cool to say we no, he, we burst some pipes. He most definitely <laughs> at one or, at one point or another he was like, "I'm sorry, man. I feel like we're this is our problem because of this." And I was like, "No, no, no." And then I'm walking away like, "You fucking asshole." Is, is, maybe that's true. <laughs> so so let's talk. Do you have uh, what have you been working on these days? Um, have you been working on music? Yeah, but I I mean I I went through like in the two years. In the past, like, two and a half years, so I'm, like, what now? Like, almost three years sober. And for those, for that amount of time, don't do that. Congratulations. Placating the shit. I'm not placating. Fuck that shit. Congratulations, Jaime. Thank you. And during that time, it was really difficult for me to Mm -hmm. uh, write music. Has still has been well, like not so much anymore. But it was like I went through probably that first year was like I would sit down and like physically and mentally just like force myself to sit down and try and write something, mm-hmm. and it was impossible, damn near impossible. It was so frustrating. And then yeah, something clicked some time ago, and then uh, been making stuff mostly for my own comfort. Mm-hmm. As we were talking, like it's sad bastard it's ther- shit. No, 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 no. It's no. uh, it's mostly like it's the therapy. Yeah, it's the therapy mm-hmm. you get from it, from the action of it. Yeah, not like I don't care if anyone listens to it. I really don't give a shit what they think about it. It's more or less what I want to make. It's a lot of Otaker, once again, boards of Canada, like just very electronic. Like that's that's the stuff that I really heavy lean on because I like it. Mm-hmm. And then random sampling hip hop stuff, oh. and then the Latino stuff. Um, Usually I'm making like re-edits or small remixes and I'll usually start and finish those in a day and play them at Peligrosa and then mm-hmm. they'll just work their way in yeah. the rotation. Like that, I think you heard that Cassiano one that I did. I think you played it. The one that uh, Anderson Pack samples yeah. or like recreates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that one I just took and then just kind of like layered some drums, kind of shifted some things around. And it was like, Trey came up to me and was like, are you doing that for tonight? I was like, yeah. And he was like, <laughs> all right cool just shook his Dude, head pass, like pass that to me yeah i was like oh, okay cool <laughs> i know manny's always doing that you want to you want to share that with me no no i don't <laughs> no i don't uh, uh, i mean uh, i really i really so i've been work, something i've been that, working that on jaime i've been working on jaime for a long time um and we're gonna get to the bottom of this right now oh yeah why do you not like to share uh what music you're playing with other djs why <laughs> yes because it's not theirs. But it's not yours either. Are you talking about so, like my own songs? 
Um, let's go bit by bit. Okay, you want a baby so, step? So, okay, we'll work up to it. Why do I not like it that people jayhawk my shit? Jayhawk, chicken hawk. Yeah, that um, was the fun of it. Yeah, it was a competition. It was, that was, I mean, yeah. first and foremost, what was what was the, okay? What were the four corners of fucking hip hop, mm-hmm. right? Okay, okay. It was Graph, mm-hmm. B Boy, mm-hmm. MC, DJ. Mm-hmm. You tell me that none of those fucking dudes ever do competitions, and it wasn't always oh. to best the other person. Absolutely. Every time, right? I mean, for the most part. For the most part, yeah. It was built on. It was built on cutting other people down, not in a negative way, but in a way that it was a positive. Like I'm gonna have the best shit, and I'm gonna be better than you. Right. So you play shit close to the test, which you do. Mm -hmm. You yourself. Me. Yes. I let people chicken Mm. hawk my shit all the time. Yes, but the and thing now I'm is, getting is, better. Like I'll I'll send people. But do you play shit close to the chest? Like whenever you got something and you're like, I'm gonna hold on to that one. Um, yes or no? Just give me a one word answer. I would say I used to, and now I don't. Now you don't. Okay. Well, you're <laughs> now you're, I'm at the age where like I age would has nothing to I, do. With I, it. I, I would ra- I want to hear somebody else play the stuff that I'm into, so I don't have to be the only one playing it. Because no, I, totally. I do definitely like play left to the field of whatever okay. like anybody's asking for okay so i guess mine is is i don't play out very often right and when you do they, i mean i see it every time you play somebody's like what's that what's that what's yeah. that um so i understand that part so maybe yeah. it's me playing close to the chest because if i give it out and then i go play it again right uh i.e well now Louis, that- Louis on your fucking uh, <laughs> on the European tour that y'all did, and then uh-huh. he was like, "Hey, give me some shit," and I yeah. gave him like a shit ton of fucking mm-hmm. like uh, like the roots of chicha yeah. and fucking cumbia and stuff like that. And then he was like, "No, no, 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 I want the banger stuff." And then I gave him that shit, and he was in kind supposed to return with like it was like trap was coming on the scene, and I was getting asked for it a bunch, and I was mm-hmm. still DJing out, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Yo, give me some of that," and I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. What I got was boo boo, so I was like, I'm never fucking trading up with any of you in the crew. Like he he fuck, he fucked it for everybody else. So I was like, all right, no, I'm not gonna do that anymore. But um, plus, I like that. Yeah, I yeah. like the surprise. For you, it's a, I like for you, it's I like a, the mystery. I like right. the game. I like the game of it. Do you? And it's use, like, uh, and, and the thing is, is I'll tell you who it is. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you exactly who it is, which. Fucking Eddie and I used to get into that. It was like, I'll tell you who it is, but I'm not going to give it to you. Yeah. It was yeah. like, if you go get it, yeah, if you yeah. got the motivation to go get it, okay, you go okay. get it. Okay. So you're, you're compromising. Yeah. I it's mean, like granted, a- he would always think that I would never tell him, but I don't know about that. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like, I don't give a shit if you right. go find it and you find the same thing and we play the same thing, that's whatever. But right. if I like took the time to go and grab it, then it's mine. It's like, it it was kind of that same aspect of like, you go to the record store and then you go and find something and you're like, Oh shit, I got this. And then you would go and play it. And then it's like, there was no, Hey, can I borrow that? Oh, that's dope. I will say probably, and this is an assumption, the artist wants everybody to know about them. Yeah, no, totally. (laughs) So so you're doing a disservice to the actual artist. No, 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 no. I get that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I get that. It's not, it's not like, you're unaware of that. You're I like, am, this is, I am one this is, of many who probably, right yeah. <laughs> I think it, it goes back to that. Like, are you going to power move or pop and lock? Like what's going on here? Yeah. Do you use, um, cause, cause back in scratch live, Serato had it to where you can like do what command shift, uh, 
AM and it would fade the track name oh, yeah. and the no, things I away. totally did But that. now they built it in. So do you use AM mode in Serato Pro? And Does Ser- it have it? Absolutely. I did not even know that. Go to the settings. You oh, can put yeah. an AM Thank mode. You. <laughs> you just fucked everybody. No, I, what was it? It was, it was, uh, <laughs> who was it? Man, because Eddie used to come across my shoulder like that. But I remember uh, Dylan Francis did that. Oh, so yeah. Dylan Francis came and played at a Peligrosa at Scoot Inn years ago. Uh, Beauty Bar, I thought it was. No, he played at Scoot Inn. At Scoot Inn, okay. At, at least to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, we'll look it up. Yeah. Put it in the show. It might have been. Sco- <laughs> um, so so he started jayhawking people, and mm-hmm. granted, Orion calls it chicken hawking. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I just call it Jay. I don't know who's correct. It's like or- jaywalking, but with a hawk, and I'm like chicken head, but hawk. That was the worst. <laughs> Why are you talking? I've. Word association. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Um, But no, Dylan Francis was like over the shoulder, like Mm -hmm. on his phone taking notes. And I was just like, ooh, because he came up and did like a heavy, like sort of EDM, like Mumbaton set. Mm -hmm. And we were playing more More or less traditionally. Yeah. Yeah. More traditional and it reinventions thereof, Mm -hmm. like that weren't so just like all Mumbaton because Mm -hmm. that was the market. It was right, right, saturated right. with that. Right. So it was like, I think for him, maybe, maybe I could be wrong. He could have been checking text messages and looking at the over the shoulder mm-hmm. screen looking. I don't know. I might be wrong. But for me, for what I looked mm-hmm. at, I was like, and watch. And okay, so here's here's the flip side. So let's say he goes and does that and mm-hmm. he blows it up. And then it's just like, well, right. I don't know. Well, you don't, can, you're not I in mean, control yeah, of that. So No, 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 no. But I don't know. Yeah. that That's why it bothers you is what you're telling me. Maybe. I I would say it doesn't bother me, but if I saw somebody like directly know, take a track and then become famous because of the fact they played it, then maybe well, I have some animosity. Well, that's what I'm saying is like but. if you're if you're known for being like okay, I mean, th- first, this is this is first a of all, there's Shazam. This so. is I know, <laughs> but okay, so this is a complete uh, fantasy world. Mm-hmm. I am not saying this by any means. But this is like the same concept as if you found out that Rich Medina mm-hmm. was like Jayhawk and everybody else's shit. Like, <laughs> is it, like, is like that would that would freak you the fuck out, would it not? I like I have Rich to Medina assume is a phenomenal I love digger the guy. and DJ. Mm-hmm. He is a DJ's DJ, and right. he is like hands down one of my favorite. Him, DJ Crush, DJ Nobody, like yep. they are phenomenal and great diggers. And great, and and the thing is, that they play shit that it was like you you just it leaves you wondering. I mean, it leaves you wondering, I, and I think I think that's what it is. Is yeah. I idolize those other, those mm-hmm. dudes mm-hmm. that it's like they play shit that is so off the wall or not off the wall, but just like unrecognizable, mm-hmm. and you have no idea who it is, mm-hmm. and there's such a weird mystery about that that it sticks out in my brain, and I guess I want to emulate that. I think that's the best I could get to you yeah. for that one. I've, I've, that's an interesting question. I wonder what, what their take uh, is on um, chicken wings, chicken hawking, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think Because I've definitely... But most of those guys are playing vinyl, like I've most of the time. I've definitely uh, chicken hawked some stuff from Rich Medina. Like, he played uh, one time back at Red Fez, mm-hmm. uh, Soul of the Boot. Uh, Ooh, uh, Soul of the Boot. They brought him, and, and Peligrosa opened... And he played Muscles by Diana Ross, mm-hmm. which I had never heard up until he played it. And I, I just was It freaks like, you the fuck out. That's a great like, song. Holy shit. Yeah. And then just like in the context of the other stuff he was playing too, it was like, this is, you just do 
well has a good ear no he's got a phenomenal ear and the thing is is like when you unearth diana ross is a fantastic artist right phenomenal artist and then yeah i mean you just and you just let's say you just sort of crazed over her body of work Mm -hmm. like you didn't really go in depth but the fact that he knows that song and he plays that song and you kind of know who it is at first. And then you're like, God, who the, is that Diana Ross? And mm-hmm. then you freak out. And then, and granted he's not doing anything other than going like, Oh yeah, this is a B side. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. he's unearthing it for you. Yep. And, and then I'm playing it. Yeah. So then now. Yeah. But the thing turn. is, is, but I don't know <laughs> how often are you playing it? Muscles. Yeah. Probably all the time now, huh? Uh, I mean, I go in and it just depends on what kind of set or mood I'm in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's definitely. I think it was, I don't know def- if it was that- you or somebody else on the crew that asked me about, mm, what was it? No, I played that. Oh no, it was you because we played together one night and, uh, it was, it was Love Come Down. It was Evelyn King. Mm-hmm. But then I played, I, but either before or after that, I played, uh, Love Come Down, the Barry Biggs version. Oh, wow. The dance hall one. Yeah. But then I had sped it up in Ableton just to where it was in around yeah. 90 because it was like 80 some. And then it was, you were just like, who's this? And I was <laughs> like, yeah, it's Barry Biggs. It's shit's stupid. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't it's know, situa- maybe, situational, how people approach you. And, and I'd say, I'll tell you this. You, you would someone, rather somebody if, ask you about a song when you're not DJing as opposed to like, I'll stare tell you, over your shoulder. I'll tell you this. Okay. I'll tell you this. <laughs> If someone from the crowd asks me, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them everything, where to find it, and all that shit. Mm-hmm. If a DJ asks me, yeah. I'm probably going to play it close to the chest. <laughs> In true Pagame nature. Oh, why did you come up with, uh, why do you use Pagame? Uh, don't why know. Is that your moniker? Actually, you my, of... my first DJ moniker was DJ Fidel. No way. Uh-huh. Shout out the other Robert. DJ Fidel. Shout out <laughs> DJ Fidel. <laughs> And then you were like, nah, who, who I play, Who I play video games with constantly. He was actually texting during the midst of this. Like, <laughs> hey, do you want to play Blackout? Um, or, he was, yeah, we have a group text. Uh, but, um, yeah, shout out Robert. Shout out, shout out DJ Fideo. Fideo. But I spelled mine differently. I spelled my F, F-I-D-E-L-L-O. Ooh. Yeah. Extra letters. I know, right? You fancy. And, uh, and that was my first one. And then... <clears throat> And then I had three others, but I used them, uh, I would repeat them. Like I would play them, yeah. use them, uh, just like interchanging them. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I thought it was like a, such a stupid, funny idea to me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it turned out I th- was the only one that thought it was funny. <laughs> and they were like, you have to build branding. Why would you change your name all the time? And I was like, ah, it's hilarious. Shut up. And uh, I will say that, uh, fourth wall changes name at least four times, four times. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. What was uh, one of his? What was what was Chris's? Uh, uh, VJ Mudo. I don't remember that. VJ Fourth Wall. Um, Did he ever have like a DJ moniker? No, he was just, he was always doing the visuals. Yeah. He might have had it. What was his one with applied pressure? Was he just going by Chris Jackson? Probably not. No. But anyway, the other ones were. <laughs> we'll have to have him in here and, and talk yeah, to him about it. He would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. Princess Fea, Hans Cholo, and I feel bad for this one, and I'm apologizing for this beforehand. Hoto Calrissian, <laughs> and those were the three names, and yeah. and Darth Vato. 
which I did yeah. only like two or three times because what I found out was is there was a band out in California called Darth Vato. Yeah. And I was like, no, that takes the fun out of it. So <laughs> I only I use yeah. These are all yeah. Star Wars derivatives. Yeah, Princess Feia. I'm the ugliest yeah. Princess Leia. Yeah, yeah, Hans Cholo, <laughs> and yeah, Hoto Calrissian. That was so bad. I feel bad even saying it. Um, uh, I feel bad you saying it too. Yeah, I know. It, I, it doesn't evoke any kind of like joy now. It was like when I was when I made it up, I was like, oh, this is hilarious. And the more I started to say it, it was like, this is horrible. Yeah. You're a garbage person. Um, and then uh, Bagama came around. Uh, right around Creekside time. Cause I was still doing like, I remember I, I opened up for what made Milwaukee famous and Dr. Dog at outside emos under princess Faya. And then almost <laughs> immediately after that, I was like, I gotta stop doing this because people were like, Oh, that was really weird and cool. And like, yeah. da, 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 da. I played off in the corner. I was doing an Ableton set and they mm -hmm. were like, you can just post up over here. I was literally on a fucking like drum stool, like on a fucking, like it was so. I, I have some fun <clears throat> pictures of you, uh, of us at Creekside with you know, a set of techniques on the right, a set of techniques on the left. And hide me with this bar circle oh, bar yeah, the table. Little table in the yeah. back. <laughs> Just like perched in the middle. And, and like, that's hey. the thing. And that was the thing is like aesthetically, it was so gross. It looked so stupid. And then the minute that you kind of realize that, mm -hmm. oh, all this shit is going on because of this, yeah. you were like, oh, that's really cool. But out of the fucking three, four hundred people that were staring at you, it was like four people. Four people maybe noticed, and the rest of them were like, "Yeah, who's that guy on the fucking laptop? Why is he just checking his email back there? Like, what a fucking asshole! Why doesn't he go to a coffee shop like a normal fucking dickhead?" Uh, that's why you need to step, step your stage presence up, like Girl Talk. Uh, I think like is a take more, my fucking clothes of off, wear fucking briefs, and like throw champagne on my body. Yes. That's what he used to do. He would just party hard as balls and then he would cover. Like, did you ever see he had a little controller that he would cover with saran wrap? And then he would, huh. like, yeah, like he was, huh. I think he was a Philly cat. So I, that kind of makes pretty sense. pretty sure I seen like, oh, Philly, really? Yeah, I think Not so. Not the city of Philly, silly punk. I'm talking about the cigar, the Philly blunt. Sat out red man. How to mm. roll a blunt. <laughs> uh, I think we, I think we're getting pretty close to the end here. I do want to, uh, in, in the spirit of, Oh, Louis, Louis. Uh, uh, yeah, no. I was going to say, in the spirit of Louis fashion, do you want to talk about the shoes you're wearing? And uh, are you serious? Have you Is seen, that a fucking question? Have he you asked? seen any shoes lately? <laughs> are you for real? You're joking. You know that right? fool's in a shoe game hard. Are you, does he? Has he asked the past couple guests? Yes, well, I got buster ass shoes, and you could go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I got you want to know what i got on mm. i got busted ass shoes for crews that i've had for three years because they're non non-slip and they're fucking the soles are nice as shit because i'm on my feet all the time working like a man <laughs> or woman women work or too. women uh i want to shout women. out these america shoes that butcher bear gave me that oh I, yeah that i i also shouted out in the episode with I louis and i talking because i'm still I'm still wearing these same shoes. Are you? Is those the from, same ones? From the last time yeah. uh, you listened to us. Um, are there? Speaking of shout-outs, did you do you want to bring some up before we we do closing shout-outs? You had. Why do you keep saying shout-out? I love shout-outs. Yes, obviously. <laughs> I think everyone knows that from either I would hope from po past podcasts. <laughs> 
They're like, motherfucker says, shout you, out. I like, don't usually get much. to talk this much. Louis is um, the a, brains a, in California, yeah, presumably at Coachella giving. Well, I'm glad that uh, I brought HJs. his name up in such negative waves so many times. <laughs> Good to talk to you. He could take it. Yeah. No, he could take it. <laughs> if he can't, he knows where to find me. Did you have something you wanted to ask me to, before I so rudely interrupted you about that very important shoe question? Now I'm just pissed off about the shoe question I again. I forgot. Um, do you do you have any shirts that have sleeves? Yeah, handful, not a lot. Do you donate your sleeves from your shirts to birds? <laughs> you trail it up and then you make you give it to make birds for birds nests. Nest. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I got two birds nests in my house right now. Interesting. And two uh, cats who are going to try and kill said birds. <laughs> They're not one's fat and the other one's dumb. But shout out Keekers, shout out Little, y'all my babies. Um, whatever. We, I'm I surprised mean, that Odeon has not shouted out his fucking cats by this. Uh, well, that's a whole that's a whole another podcast. We do shout a whole out, shout podcast out pigs, shout about out Smokey, Smokey, my, uh, Pablo, Pablo. There we go, uh, my little Pablo Neruda. Oh, is Aww. that your favorite? That was the one that Aaron and Jadida found in a dumpster and gifted to me. We got you a cat. Yeah, turns out I was also already living with two other cats. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) I already got cats. (laughs) I like that idea that people are like, you need a cat. Here, we got you this. Like, surprise, bitch. I got three now. (laughs) What? You already had cats? Don't tell anybody. Um, Any other shout outs besides your cat? Um, shows coming up, stand up comedy sessions. I'm gonna be coming over to your house and roasting you for a solid hour and a half after this. If y'all know where Odeon lives, get at it. <laughs> um, shout out to my family, my brother, my Momo. sister, yeah, Marisela Moises, my mother and father, Diana and Carlos Mayo. Uh, to the crew, thank you for always putting up with my bullshit. And um, que bajo, tormenta tropical. Uh, oh, and I really, like, if Dengu, anybody from Dengu 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 hears this, I would fucking love to do some shit with y'all. Just because I find y'all sound really interesting and fucking, like, yeah, creepy at times. Very good, in a good, great way. Um, outside of that, just the friends and family that we've made over the years, man. I fucking, it's been a long fucking time. A lot of people. I don't know. Yeah. Shout out to my cats again. Shout out to your cats. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, season two, episode four, uh, here with Pagame. That is the correct number. He's not sure. Uh, big up, uh, applauso and we'll catch you next time. We out. You're going to get six o'clock.